Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with people who know Vegas. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas. Like places everywhere, the coronavirus has had an effect on Las Vegas. As a community that thrives on tourism, 2020 has been a difficult year. There's a lot to love about Vegas sports, though. The Golden Knights are in the hunt for the Stanley Cup. And there's a brand new state-of-the-art stadium waiting for the Las Vegas Raiders. Judging from your comments, you love sports too, especially our weekly segment, The Sports Rockin' Tours, a look back to great moments and personalities from the world of sports. So let's spend a little more time talking about sports. The first half hour will continue as Vegas never sleeps with a look at everything that's going on in town. That includes our regulars from the world of food, wine, art, gaming and property in the second half hour vegas never sleeps will present the sports rock and tours we hope you'll enjoy it each and every week on this week's show we'll present a way to get your frustrations addressed how by moving big things around and even destroying some old cars yes you can do that at dig this and you'll meet the founder and owner ed mum Our regulars are here as well. Chef Justin Wells is here to discuss cool kitchen gadgets and your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, is with us as well. Today, Scott talks about when some of that big-time Vegas entertainment will return. And in our inaugural episode of Sports Rockin' Tours, we'll talk about something that's in the news, statues with one of America's premier sculptors. But up first, let's dig up some fun. As usual in Las Vegas, you can actually do it. We're with the guy that came up with this incredible concept. The place is called Dig This. Fascinating uh, story. His name is Ed Mum. And Ed, uh, whatever gave you the idea? I know you worked in this thing. Was it just something where you had so much fun with it that you thought, you know, I think everybody would enjoy this? Yeah, you know, really, I just touched on, um, you know, some of the heavy equipment side of it. I, I used to drive tractors on farms a lot, and then um, I had the opportunity to build a house, and I thought, well, we'll do all the construction as well, and the excavating, and I'd done quite a bit of dozer work before, but I'd never been on a large excavator, and I had a friend come in uh, who was a great operator uh, come and sort of just take me through it, and um, I jumped on that machine, and two hours later, I was having an absolute blast, and then I thought, if I'm having this good a time, imagine the amount of people that want to come and do this stuff but don't have that opportunity. So that's where that aha moment kicked in, and I thought, man, there's a, there's a good opportunity here. So we looked into it, discovered nobody was doing this kind of attraction, and, um, yeah, so started back in Colorado, got the uh, concept dialed in, ready to bring it over to Las Vegas, and we opened here in 2011. Yeah, and you call it, and I love this, America's first ever heavy equipment playground. And it is like that. It's like a big playground. And is it one of those things, Ed, when not only you did it, but then when you started talking about the idea to other people that you could just see the kid come out and folks? 3% of the population are involved in construction or being on heavy equipment. 
there's 97% of the population are driving past construction sites all the time and look in and, and see all that heavy equipment moving and dozers and excavators and, you know, cranes. And, and they're all saying, man, a good portion of them are saying, man, I wish I could just have a go of that. And so um, those are the people that we're, you know, those are our customers. They always say, look, we've been driving past these construction sites or somebody built a house next to us and we were just, you know, in awe of the operator, you know, just the way they were handling that equipment. And we had no opportunity no opportunity to go and jump in that machine or they weren't allowed to let us in. Or, but, um, and then people come out here and we put them through a you know, really cool experience and kind of do a lot of what they see on construction, but it's um, you know, not as complicated, but we give them a really good feel for the machine through the various activities that we do. And then they get out of that machine and, and they've got a whole new sense of achievement, but they've also had a great time. And they've also got a really good appreciation for the, the people that do this for a living as well. And it's not just big old guys with flannel shirts doing this. I understand, in fact, your first customers were a couple of women. So women, children, everybody loves it. Oh, it's right across the board. You know, we get anybody from the age of eight. You know, we've had a 98-year-old come out and jump in that machine. Look, 50% of our clients are women. And uh, women get a kick out of running heavy equipment. So it's it's for different many reasons they're here. It's just for you know just that fascination aspect of what's what it's like to run this stuff. Then we get bachelor bachelorette parties. You know we're in the heart of a huge group business here in Las Vegas with you know all the various groups that are here either for um, you know for meetings or for conventions for bachelor parties for a bachelorette. We get a ton of bucket listers and the people that we get are from you know they're from all different backgrounds. And really cool, interesting people as well from just not here in the U.S., but all over the world. Well, I love that idea. You know, bucket listers, that's, that's a great line, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, Ed, because I, I think about it and, you know, maybe somebody doesn't want, you know, you can do stuff like you can drive a fast car. We had somebody talk about dune buggies and it's all individual things. And this is just another one of those things that maybe you think in your entire life you're never going to be able to do it. So to have that one time in there has just got to be fun. And, and I, I think it must be, you know, I know you do a lot of group uh, activities. It must be even more fun with, with a lot of people there oh it is you know and, and when people are you know watching their, their you know their partners or their friends or their you know business associates operating that equipment they um you know it, it's a really nice group experience because they all kind of feed off each other and the first group they get off and and then they, when they swap over you know they everybody just go wow that was super cool and got to do this it's the most earth we've ever moved in our lives and and there's a really good camaraderie and, and people just come out of that whole experience with a whole new sense of achievement. And, you know, when you see the smiles on their faces, you know, you know, what we're doing is, is, is working pretty good and satisfying a lot of customers that are looking for something new and different to do here in Las Vegas. More with Ed Mum of Dig This in a moment. Let's check in now with your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. There's no Cirque du Soleil for a little while. You're going to have to wait. I guess headliners, you're going to have to wait. How long do you think it's going to going to take? I mean, I, if you had a crystal ball, what would you say? It, it's a tricky one because even if it were, if you were able to do it safely, there's still the perception uh, that you have to deal with, um, and that you know, there's a difference between a small theater of 80 people, which exists in Vegas, and a stadium with tens of thousands of people. 
it really, a lot of folks are just saying, this is going to have to be the vaccine and the herd immunity. And we're, people are just going to have to have a, a much higher level of confidence in, in a place being safe. Uh, some of those some of those big theaters, those search theaters are just tougher. Even if you can do it, if you do every other row or every third seat, you know, like movie theaters are, are probably going to do, they're just not profitable at that level. It's like, you know, these restaurants, they're being limited to 50% capacity, but at that point with labor costs and food costs and the rent, it's tough breaking even. So I think it's true of these theaters and the shows that it's all just very tricky. And to be honest, it's just getting a casino open and getting a hotel open have been, it's been such an arduous task that nightclubs, day clubs, arenas, theaters, it's just not been front of mind, even though it affects, you know, thousands of employees and it does affect the Vegas experience. But I, I don't know. I'm going to say fall just because I'm an optimist. You know, we're relatively safe. Life is, has risks. Uh, but as long as people think it's a reasonable risk, then I think they're going to want to do the things that they enjoy. And that's outside, that's inside. And entertainment is such a big part of Vegas. I think it'll come back. Thanks, Scott. Remember to visit VitalVegas.com every day. You can also follow Scott on Twitter, at VitalVegas. Back with Ed Mum, owner of Dig This, where you can dig, push, and roar with laughter. And remember, Dig This is a contactless customer experience. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. I'm comedian Krista Kay, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-296-1337. 800-296-1337. 800-296-1337. That's 800-296-1337. To re-emerge stronger and safer than ever, ask yourself these crucial questions. Should all restaurants, retailers, and venues have new safety and sanitation procedures in place? As a business owner, how can you assure your valued guests that proper protocols are being followed? How can you give your guests confidence knowing that you've prioritized their health and safety? Introducing VirusSafe Pro a revolutionary mobile technology software that provides checklists, reminders, and confirmations to help your team perform health and safety measures right on schedule. It allows you to close the information gap in the workplace by giving your employees a dedicated source of credible instructions in a timely manner, right from their mobile devices. Validate compliance with health and wellness standards, provide regular safety and health messaging, and confirm that approved protocols are being performed all in real time and an easy-to-read dashboard. Tracking and verifying health and safety procedures in your business has never been more important. To learn more about how VirusSafe Pro can help you reopen, visit VirusSafePro.com.
Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Let's get back to our conversation with Ed Mum, the owner of Dig This, where you can forget your lives for a brief moment and regain a sense of confidence, accomplishment, and adventure. So I want you to kind of talk about, now, you know, we know we have equipment. What kind of equipment do you have out there that people can play in? And you call it a supersized sandbox. Talk a little about what that is. So give us kind of a vision of what we're what we're going to get into out there. Yeah, so um, we, we decided that um, we needed to start off with a brand that everybody knows. So we use Caterpillar equipment for a start. And the goal is, of course, is we really want to leave an impression that they've operated, you know, a good-sized piece. Of, of equipment and so what we do is we start off with a um, very simple classroom session just to go over some of the safety aspects and then we you know we give them a visual of what they'll be doing out on the field with a little sandbox that we've got and just some scaled toys of the actual equipment they'll be operating and then we take them out we do an in cab we get them in the machines uh, get them safely buckled up and we do an in cab orientation just to, so they see what the controls are. And then we go out and we do a, a warm-up activity, so we actually work those controls. And then we do a series of progressive activities where, you know, as their eye-hand coordination kicks in, you know, we, we intensify the experience a little bit more. So, for example, on our excavators, we'll, we'll do an in-ground activity. Um, people can dig as deep as they want or as long as they want, you know, obviously under the supervision of, a, of a, an instructor. Um, and by the way, we have really nice hands-free communication headsets, just like you see in NASCAR, um, where we're always in contact with them and giving them directions. And so they do that in whole, all that in-ground experience, and then we'll um, do that for like 20, 25 minutes. And uh, typically most people will dig down to about 15, 16 feet deep, um, and they'll probably go along about oh, probably 10 to 15 feet. That's, that's quite a sizable hole by the time they're done. You know, Ed, it sounds like a lot of fun, and it's one of those things that, it, it, you know, you say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, only in Vegas. Well, this is one of those only in Vegas kind of things. I mean, you know, it's just not, a, you know, the chances of doing it anywhere else are going to be very slim. So what an interesting thing. Just a couple more questions I have. Do you ever get people, because this equipment is so big and so forth, they come out, and then all of a sudden they get afraid of it because it's just so big and so forth, and do you try to help these people relax and let them know that uh, you'll walk oh, yeah. them through it? Yeah, absolutely. Some people are, are very nervous, and um, you know when. Uh, typically, a lot of people are caught off surprise because they've been given it as a gift, right? And they get out on the field and they go, "Well, you, you want me to operate that that big piece of equipment?" And but look, here's the thing: our, our instructors are amazing people. They've got the right people skills and and training skills to talk through anybody. Uh, through the whole experience. And typically the people that are a lot more nervous usually do a lot better because they listen better. <laughs> right, and, right. And um, they listen to the instruction process better. You know, and look, it takes us five to ten minutes to get people up and running typically on average before they're somewhat, you know, starting to get a good feel for the machines. Can you take pictures there? I mean, do you let people, like, take pictures of other people doing this, that kind of thing? Oh, absolutely. Yep. So we um, we actually take photos of the people, but they can also bring in their, their cameras and uh, take photos as well while they're in the machines. So um, there's plenty of opportunity to get some good photos and some uh, good video footage as well if they want to bring their GoPros. Now, they can film their, their experience as well. 
Now, I know one other thing you talk about, and I think this is important in Las Vegas, people coming out in the summer thinking, well, it sounds like a blast, but man, it's got to be hot out there in these things. These are actually climate controlled, right? I mean, so, you know, you can do this and not get a heat stroke. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, there's no way you'd want to operate equipment with an open cab out here in Las Vegas <laughs> in July, August. So all our cabs do have climate control, whether it's in the middle of winter or if it's in the middle of summer. So they're very comfortable in those machines. And, okay, for people that are wondering, like, it's, is it good for families? Yeah. Uh, I, as I understand, the uh, limitations are only eight years of age to operate uh, the, the track loaders. Is that right? And then 14, age, uh, 14 years of age they have to be to do the big stuff. Yeah, exactly. So we've got a lot of equipment to, uh, you know, for the little guys. And as long as they're 48 inches tall, uh, we're good to go. But the whole thing is we just want to have an all-family experience and we're slowly bringing in more equipment uh, um, just so that we can, you know, provide that all-family experience. So we're working on some playgrounds now where we can get some toddlers in and, um, you know, give them a, you know, a great time out there as well. So we'll have little um, static displays there if they can jump on and play on. So that's coming next year. Well, that's exciting, Ed. Uh, let's tell people, first of all, you know, you mentioned before a, a, a gift certificate. That sounds like it would be a great gift for somebody, you know, just something if you want to get that really unusual gift. But if we just want to plan our trip, we want to come out and plan this ahead of time, tell us where we go on the web and so forth, and do we need reservations and all that. Yeah, it's always good to um, to call us and book, or, or you can go online at uh, digthisvegas.com. Uh, and um, there's a, we've got like five openings or five to six openings every day. Um, our times start, you know, every two hours. So we start at eight and we go as late as we can. We do really cool night digs here. And, um, but you'll see all that on our website, digthisvegas.com. That sounds good. And you're located where in relation to the Strip in downtown? For all the locals that are listening to this, um, we're at the old Scandia, where the Scandia used to be. But we're right on South Rancho Drive. Um, we're just down from the Palace Station. We're five to ten minutes from most of the uh, Strip hotels, so we're very close. We're going to come out there. I can't wait to visit it myself. Thanks so much. Uh, really appreciate it, Ed. Thank you. Great food is part of the Vegas experience, and Chef Justin Wells has been attempting to package it for your home. What about some of the smaller things like whisks or even like measuring cups and stuff? As I've delved more into this, it really makes a difference, right, when you have all those different sizes as opposed to just one or two, assuming you're going to do a lot of cooking. Yeah, and you know what's kind of funny is I really enjoy kind of a fun gadget. We got one, I think, as a gift, and I kind of thought it was hokey at first, but I like it a lot. Is it's, it's a measuring cup that slides up and down, and so you look at the side and you kind of pull this plunger down and get the mark at two cups or whatever, and, and so it's, it, it gives you a lot of sizes in one because I think keeping a kitchen organized is extremely helpful. You know, you get people, you kind of you, you, you need a wooden spoon and you open their drawer and they got – 7,000 utensils in a drawer and you kind of got to dig through there to find it. I find that getting rid of a lot of the stuff that you're not using and really focusing on some nicer pieces that you're going to use every day. It's the same thing with the pans. I mean, you, you probably, I mean, I'm guessing you probably have 40 pans in your cupboard. 
Could be. And, and how many of those 40 are you using on a weekly basis? You know, it's fine to have a roaster or something that's like, hey, it's Christmas. I need this pan. This is what I make turkey or prime ribbon. That's fine. But, you know, again, do you need 17 different sizes of saute pans? Probably not. You know, same thing with utensils is pick a couple measuring cups that you like, pick a few spoons that you like, pick a few, you know, that, that type of stuff is really focus it down. Thanks, Chef. Remember, all our shows are archived on our website, VegasNeverSleeps.com. You can also listen on SoundCloud, iTunes, and more. Coming up, Vegas Never Sleeps presents the Sports Rockin' Tours. Today's inaugural show features sports sculptor Brian Hanlon. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. I'm John Katsalamidis of the Las Vegas Review Journal on page 3A every day and online all the time. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Vegas, here we go! Welcome to the first edition of Sports Rockin' Tours, brought to you by Epsilon XR. Sports Rockin' Tours is a show that presents the observations, recollections, and memories of a select group of storytellers of American sports. People who were actually involved with or bore witness to those events that shaped our childhoods, kept us engaged, and keep us coming back for more. Weekly, you'll meet fascinating people, some of who you'll recognize and some you'll never forget. These are folks you're going to want to spend time with. What's a raconteur? Someone who knows their stuff and knows how to tell a story. They were there, or they were close, or are able to bring informed and knowledgeable insights. Whether it's a case of, I remember that, or I forgot about that, or I didn't know that, the sports racks will entertain, inform, and amuse. On today's show, we welcome a great artist. There seems to be a war on sculptures and statues today, but in the world of sports, there's really no greater honor, and you've probably seen some of those great pieces of art at stadiums or museums and so forth, and chances are it might have been created by our guest today, Brian Hanlon, America's finest sculpturist, particularly in the world of sports, but you do a lot more than that too, Brian, right? It's not just sports. Well, thanks for having me on, Steve. It's wonderful to be with you. And yeah, it's an honor to pay tribute to these uh, figures that inspire people. And that is a certainly a worthy cause to make a historical marker is when you build something like Jerry Tarkanian that people go to all the time to take a picture and remember the great running rebels and maybe even sit next to the statue in the ghost chair and get a a picture, or even I've heard that uh, two or three alum have proposed at that spot. <laughs> oh yeah, it's meaningful. a big thing. But I, I think in the in the world that I'm in, which goes beyond sports, I, I create uh, civic historical markers, and I started out building statues in the church. That the things that were built are wonderful vehicles for people to celebrate life and to reflect on different parts of their life, whether it's happy, sad, or reflective, you know, and that's the part of, of art I love, truly love. With all this going on right now where you see statues 
being pulled down. You know, some of them, you can understand some of the reasons, and then some, some of them are, well, there's a statue, let's pull it down. That's kind of frustrate you, right? Because not only the work that goes into it, but also the meaning behind it. Well, both of those things, Steve, you're spot on. There's no intellectual intellectually fit or spiritually fit discourse going on before uh, a task like that is taken on. And it seems to be no mention of who made those works of art. Could some of them, I believe, were made by some of the great sculptors in American history, uh, some of the equestrian pieces. And it's interesting how that part of it has completely been void uh, of any conversation. I am not even close to being involved with any of that. I've been pretty lucky to always have chose, I believe, good subject matters, you know, that I think are going to stand the test of time. Well, yeah, and that's a great question to lead up to. It's like, how do you decide what you want to do? I mean, are there some cases where somebody might approach you and, the, and somebody is saying, you know, I just don't feel comfortable with it? Is there sort of a process in your mind that you go through? Oh, we have a team that does heavy-duty research, which in, includes a few nerds and an attorney, and we really dig. Uh, that. And, I'm sorry I'm going back to Tark again, but I, I love his story. I was not okay with what I read about him, and I said, I bet this isn't true. And sure enough, the stuff that was written about him on the East Coast couldn't have been further from the truth in Las Vegas, because this was a good father a great husband and a fantastic coach. And I don't know who got it out for him in the NCAA office, but they were wrong. As you know, they did get sued and he won. But I look to people that maybe also don't have a voice and that maybe my artwork can give them that voice and can propel them to do something important, which while we were doing the statue, he was up for the Hall of Fame and got into the Basketball Hall of Fame, which he really wanted but couldn't get in because of this controversy. It was neat to work with his daughter, Jody, and uh, she petitioned a few letters out there. I think the first letter came from Bob Knight, who's a remarkable basketball coach, and uh, also Coach K. Uh, couldn't have been more you know, adamant about, hey, this is, this is one of our greatest coaches ever. Well, you know, the Hanlon Sculpture Studio, I love your – your whole website because it's really great with the pictures and so forth but what i noticed is the people that were talking about it and so forth the great names that you have and when i say great names i don't necessarily mean the absolute greatest of each sport although they were part of it but like you have people like uh chuck benarek for example a wonderful oh, guy and so important to philadelphia and I thought that statue was such an important thing, not only for him, who deserved the credit, but the city, because the two were so intermingled. Yeah, Concrete Charlie, I, I think is an interesting uh, story uh, to follow up on Jerry, because also a guy a bit misunderstood, but this is a down-to-earth, hard-working guy. And in fact, when they wanted me to build the statue of him, and I called him and said, I'd like to meet with you, I had to go to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and go to Mass with him, meet him at Mass, before he would speak to me. <laughs> it's like so old school. I was somewhere in the 1950s, but it was neat. I went into, it was quite reverent. I went into the church, I went through Mass, and then we spoke afterward, and it was, oh, it was like nothing else I had ever experienced. And I was speaking to... Um, 
very interesting man. His fingers were going in all different directions, of <laughs> yeah. course. You've seen the photos. Oh, yeah. And the Concrete Charlie, I was not aware, his nickname, not just that he was a hard hitter, but he had to drive a concrete truck while he was playing because they didn't make any money. Yeah, a totally different NFL in those days, no question. And and I think what's interesting about it is it meant so much to him. I mean, he said normally statues are for people that are, you know, saints and that kind of thing. And again, it gets back to his faith and so forth. Yeah, what a wonderful thing for a guy who really was an important player and, and really a big part of NFL history. A big part of that locker room mentality of fellowship in the locker room. He he was who knows maybe the founder of that that kind of genre of hey this we're 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 family here in this locker room and if we play like that we'll win. And uh, maybe they weren't the best team, but they played like that when they were out on the field in '60. And he went you know he went to Penn. He graduated Ivy League school. Yeah, unbelievable. Which it, most people don't know. No, it, you know, he's the only guy that's in both college and pro football Hall of Fames in two yes. different positions. It's just incredible. It is incredible. And you're, you're right, he's an important part of Philadelphia, which has kind of been forgotten. And you know another, another guy you did, which when you talk to people from New Orleans, it almost brings tears to their eyes. Steve Gleason, yeah. and yeah. it just means so much to everybody. I know Drew Brees wrote a beautiful little piece on your on your website, but that was such an important thing because it was important to the city, too, and, and a guy who was a great athlete, but, but really much more than that and so important to that city. Yeah, I, I think his calling uh, became way bigger. Than, it is bigger than him, and uh, he, I don't think he would want it any other way. This is, uh, you know, another example of incredible humility uh, in, in tragedy. Steve's a special guy. The love around him is bigger than anything I've seen in sports. Uh, and y- you know New Orleans. I mean, that is a very interesting town for sports. And He's the pinnacle of that. Isn't that interesting, Steve? Yeah, it is. It, it uh, really is. Uh, I, you know, not the best, at, not even in the top 100 as far as athletes, but he is by far the best story in the history of that city because of his humility and his perseverance to, to perpetuate his cause, which is incredible, just incredible. You spend a lot of time, and I want to go through the process with you, but... It's really important how each of these people are presented, right? I mean, each one is different. It, it, it must be investigated. Uh, is it a still piece? Is it a movement piece? Is there someone else involved with the piece? And it, that has to do with telling the story. We will be back with master sculptor Brian Hanlon, the official sculptor for the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame, in just a moment. Here at Sports Racks, we want to hear from you. If you have anybody or any events you'd like us to discuss, email me at stephen at vegasneversleeps.com. You are listening to the Sports Rockin' Tours. What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. 
e-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com. Welcome back to the Sports Rock and Tours. You're listening to Brian Hanlon, a classically trained master sculptor and founder of the Hanlon Sculpture Studio. All right, let's talk about your process because it's amazing. So let's say I've got somebody, I'm at a particular college or maybe in a pro team, and I want somebody, you already mentioned, you have to think about it and so forth. Where do you go from there when you want to pick something? What's the process look like? The number one rule for the sculpture is location. And until I have something that feels right, I won't even propose anything. Or if someone comes to me and says, we're, you know, we're thinking of a statue, it, it really needs the right home. Once it has the right home, then you could talk about the pose and the message. That's interesting. So it's not an automatic thing like, oh, we'll put this in front of a stadium. You know, if it's a football no. player, put it in front. Sometimes it works, like in the generic thing, Franklin Field. Sometimes yep. maybe there's other places. That's that's interesting. It, it really is. Um, I mean, there's there's a figure in Vegas. I, I'd love to do Agassiz someday. I think yeah. he's much bigger than tennis. I think that is a a spiritually fit cat, who uh, and, and he would hate the statue because of his humility, but it's not for him. It's about him, and it's to inspire young people to maybe – go down that road and be more a person of character. The Jackie Robinson one always fascinated me, too, although obviously it's the Rose Bowl and he played football, but I just think it's such a great thing because when you think of Jackie Robinson, everybody's thinking Brooklyn Dodgers and all that. And that was all true, but this guy was an incredible athlete. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the piece is called More Than 42, so I put number 55 on him because he wore that at Pasadena Community College, and I wanted him to learn more about his life not about the 42. And I think when people get stuck on one thing, they forget that he was more than baseball, which is amazing, one of the most amazing athletes in American history. And in fact, Pasadena Community College, Jerry had a few seasons there as well, Tarkanian coach there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I learned that while I was there. Interesting place. Oh, my gosh, I've done three statues there. Keith Jackson, Jackie Robinson, and the 99ers from uh, soccer, the yeah. women's team. And it's Brandy Chastain, you know, sliding in the grass. Yeah. It's very cool. Very well, cool. Let me ask you, you know, you said Keith Jackson. Okay. If you'd have done it and put it at Washington State, would it have been different, do you think? No, same pose. That would be great, by the way. Let's get a, let's conference someone in, Steve, on this call and get that going. <laughs> like that, like that. That would be a great thing for uh, Pullman, actually. If people no, forget, you know, how important he was to them. Me, me and you could help kids matriculate. We'll, uh, we'll, this would be like a, a business one-on-one call. We'll, we'll get the president in on the call. Kids would be getting three credits just listening to this and see how it's done. That, that would be uh, a, a worthy pillar there because his story could only help a student. Speaking of a cool process, one more thing you did is for the the Basketball Hall of Fame, which you're like their official sculptor. Right. You did the, the Naismith thing, which is great. But what I was fascinated to find out was 
even some of the people within the sculpture, uh, you have a likeness of a, a young Earl Lloyd, who was the NBA's first black basketball player. Correct. Wow. So you knew that Naismith had to be something different, right? I mean, that wasn't just going to be him with a basket somewhere. No, I wanted to tell a story there, too. And, and uh, very important, Steve, that it's really the NBA's responsibility, but they should tell the real story of the founder of one of the greatest games ever invented in world history, which is basketball. James Naismith was a Canadian. Amazing, right? right. And he was a 30-year-old freshman at Springfield College. And his 20s were a troubled decade for him. And Springfield College was a spiritual institution at the time. And he went there to seek enlightenment. And he knew when he worked with others, he didn't feel this strife inside him. And as a result of working with others and creating this game, he found his calling. How cool is that? Have you ever heard that story before? No, and it's really – because you, you can't think of a more American game than basketball, right? I mean that's really an original. It didn't come from another game from another country like a lot yeah. of them do. Well, here's a completely naive question, but how important is the plaque? Because you're talking about people that are really important, but a lot of people don't know or may not realize the significance. They might have heard the name. Do you work with somebody on that? How does that come out? Yeah, we we are very much interested in educating, so we'll strongly suggest that there's educational panels that go with the piece. Because you want people to leave with something, you know, some information. Even if you think they know who they are, like with Jackie Robinson, you put the panels there to teach them who he really was. What are the actual facts? Do you prefer doing people from the past, or do you like when they're coming out and looking at it, a guy like Evander Hallfield that can go and actually look at it as opposed to somebody who has played in the past? That yeah, that's a thrill. Oh, my God. Sculpting Holyfield, meeting him, doing that really interesting guy. I hope you get to meet him, Steve. Neat, neat guy. Uh, also a spiritual guy. You can feel it when you're with him. It's not fake. It's real. Uh, Boxing is a unique sport in that regard. How do the the different sports – do you notice a difference between type things? I I would think boxing, just because it's one-on-one, so individual, that it might be different than the – a guy like Yogi Berra, who's a team player. Yeah, yeah. Yogi was a very interesting guy to meet, though. He was – you could tell his soul wasn't for sale. He was the real deal, for sure. You know, unfortunately, a lot of professional players get in trouble uh, for different reasons and – Yogi would not be one of those, or Evander did get in trouble, but I think he's got it together now. He has a different outlook on life, you know. And then uh, Charles Barkley, very interesting guy, super nice to me. And one thing I noticed when we went out to eat, how much he tipped the people that served us. And Shaq doing him and having him see the statue, that was surreal. And Bob Pettit at LSU and, and Bobby Cox. Oh, that was a great experience. My favorite subject matter is, if I may be so bold to say that what that is, if you don't mind, Steve, yeah, yeah is, is coaches. Yeah. I love coaches. Now, I, I love sculpting players, but the coaches have so many layers of character. Skip Bertman, transform kids' lives. Joe Labchek at St. John's, wow. I mean, he changed kids' lives profoundly, and that's a gift. Yeah, that's a great point, and it makes sense. I was just thinking about an interview I did with the biographer of Vince Lombardi, and you realize a coach can change so many people's lives individually, more so than maybe a famous athlete can. Well, you just named probably one of the greatest ever. Um, Who who could do that? He could take a possibly a kid on a fence and put him in the right place. 
And I got a suggestion as, as a fan. I'm like you. I was a fan when I was a little kid. And I was a big guy. I grew up in the Bay Area. I was a big Oakland Raiders fan. I think John Madden could make a great statue. <laughs> How is there not? And I met with the owner of the Raiders already uh, when I was in Vegas. Um, Al's son, Mark. Mark, yeah. And I said to Mark, how is there not a statue of the snake and Madden and maybe even Marcus Allen? And, you know, let's just pick five guys. Who who wouldn't love that as a fan to take a picture next to those guys? You know, Absolutely. And even people from Pittsburgh that hate the Raiders would love the fact <laughs> of having a picture, you know? <laughs> hey, I did mean Joe Green at his college. And, and uh, it shows you talk about guys who are loved. Guys from all different teams came to that dedication, and they're not young either, and they paid their own way to come, I heard. Brian, we're going to have to bring this to Las Vegas. we got to get you out there to do more. We love the Tark. Uh, you oh, were going to say too. something about that, too. So, is it they talk about moving the Tark statue? Well, no. Here's what I wanted to say on your show. I have a copy of the Tarkanian statue. It's in resin, but it has a bronze coating. It's for probably more suited for interior purposes. I would like to donate it to the airport or some entity in town that would house it in a good way. So I just wanted to get it out there. I had to move my storage facility and found a copy of it. That is fantastic. We'll start asking around town. Yeah. We, you know, we're, we're very close friends of the show is Steve Karp, who is the writer. He used to cover the, uh, and we went to college together, but uh, yeah. he was a writer that covered the Run and Rebels and was a close confidant of Tarkanians. He might have some ideas too, so I'll, we'll pass those on. <laughs> Thank you, because uh, the more something like that's out there, the the more people know his story, which I think is one of the highlights of Vegas history. I'll tell you what, Brian Hanlon is the guy for this. This stuff is amazing what he does. If, if How do they find out more about you? Because I think people may want to have some ideas that they can toss around in their towns. But if nothing else, just sure. to see the artwork, I'd love to send people there. Where do they go? Well, you can just Google my name, Brian Hanlon, or, or go to HanlonSculpture.com, and you'll see plenty of plenty of neat stuff, as you've talked about. I really appreciate you uh, talking to me and, and having me share you know, stories of some of my pieces. I, I do love my job. I'm pretty blessed. Go to the Vegas Never Sleeps website and check out the Sports Rockin' Tour page. You can hear bonus content from this conversation soon, plus a number of other great sports stories. Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Manchin. Okay, Sean, we need to talk about our training budget. We're spending almost $1,500 per employee each year. What's the plan? Well, ma'am, 42% of companies are saying that e-learning has led to an increase in revenue. What does that do about the travel expense? E-learning allows employees to learn wherever they are. Then we need to consider the time away from production. I heard that e-learning takes up to 60% less employee time than traditional classroom training. Perfect. Let's find a curriculum company, a development company, a learning management software company. Actually, Epsilon XR specializes in end-to-end learning solutions with tools such as instructor-led training, online classrooms, simulations, virtual and augmented reality, and curriculum development. Get Epsilon XR on the phone. Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Learn more at elearning.epsilonxr.com.